2 Thessalonians chapter 3, if you would please. I'm going to teach more than preach tonight. Uh, this is your missions month and uh, it's good uh, to know how to give and it's good to know how to go, but tonight we're going to talk about how to pray. Because we, through the years, we develop habits. And I'm just as guilty as everybody else. God bless the missionaries, and then you go on. Um, there's more to it than that. And the old uh, saying that uh, missionaries need your prayers more than your support is true. They really need your prayers. You don't know what they're going through at a time. If God happens to wake you up in the middle of the night and puts a missionary on your heart, pray. Amen. Pray, because he's in trouble or she's in trouble. All right, Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm going to look at the first three verses. The Bible says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may, be, may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. And that we may uh, be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. There's more to missions than just meets the eye when you get into the uh, workings of it. Uh, there are different types of missionaries and I don't mean... Some of them are go to Alaska and some of them go. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about stages of mission work. Uh, and each stage they have a different need. And uh, this may seem trivial to you, but it's not to that missionary who's on the field. And a lot of times uh, if he's never been there uh, as, or they have never been there on a survey trip, uh, the whole thing is just one great big culture shock. From the time you get on the plane in America to the time you take your first furlough, it is, as the uh, missionary letter I read this morning, it's hard. In one word, it's hard. Um, so I want to give you some, uh, uh, some thoughts about it. Uh, I want to encourage you to get prayer cards during your uh, missions conference this year. Uh, read the prayer letters that you post around the, the church and uh, pray, sincerely pray for these missionaries. Uh, prayer letters are hard to write because in one sense you don't want to sound like you're bragging, but in the other sense you don't want to sound like you're not doing anything. Uh, so there's a, a balance in there somewhere. And then again, you can't put the really serious stuff in there because you do have relatives that are and mothers and fathers that are worried about you. So you leave the really hairy stuff out and uh, kind of whittle it down a little bit. But there's, there's, there's a lot of things that these missionaries go through today. And there's some things that they can do to lessen the problem. So I'm going to give you this stuff. And uh, for all you football fans, we'll be done at 6 o'clock. So y'all just chill out, would you? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the wings won't be done until then. So just, just hold on. Amen. All right. First kind of missionary is a deputation missionary. Now, deputation missionary is somebody who is called. Let me back up a little bit. Deputation missionary is first proven in his local church. Y'all with me so far? You as a church have a great responsibility about who you send out. 
All right, this is what the church is for. We're, we're here to train soldiers for the army of God. We don't fight with guns. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. All right, but, but we train them in the local church to do the work of the ministry. And, and as you do that, as you give them experience in local church uh, missions or local church ministry, rather, then they get the experience they need to transfer those skills and that knowledge to the mission field. Um, so that's your responsibility. If you send me a dud, it's not my fault, it's your fault. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. All right, so let's not, won't get into all that uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right. So when, when you have an individual in this church or a family in this church that God feels, y'all get that? When God feels are, he has a need for them and God knows that they're ready to go. And you as a church approve them. The church has to be in agreement for a missionary to go. Y'all with me? By the time he gets to the, or they get to the point where uh, they're being sent out by the local church to the mission field, it ought to be evident to everyone that God is working through their lives. They need to be faithful in church. They need to be faithful in giving. They need to be faithful in going in the outreach projects. And they ought to have experience in every ministry of the church. Pulpit is just a little tiny bit of the ministry. The rest of it's hard, amen, I mean, it's hard. So uh, they, they need that experience. Now, to do that, the family has to be in agreement. That means husband, wife, and children need to be in agreement to make this, we'll call it a sacrifice. It seems like it at first, but when you get in it a while, you find out what a blessing it is. But they need to be in total agreement that this, as, as a family, this is what God has called us to do. Because you can't drag each other around through these ministries. All right? So that, that you need to, and plus when you're on deputation, that comes out when you're presenting your ministry. I, I, I know one missionary, and I won't, I'm not going to mention names tonight. But when he was on deputation, somebody asked his wife, how do you feel about it? And said, well, that's his camping trip. Yeah, that, that kind of comes across, does it not? Put kind of a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, so there needs to be that agreement in the family. All right, then to get there, he has to have meetings. He has to have support. Well, he has to have support, so then he needs meetings to get the support. We have to get it all in line. Now, listen, when a missionary gets a... A list of church names, all he knows is the name is Baptist. He doesn't know which of the 23 flavors it is. Okay? I mean, he doesn't know if they handle snakes. He doesn't know if they're seventh. Uh, I guess he would know if he got a meeting on Saturday. Uh, but there are Seventh-day Baptists. There are Union Baptists who believe you can use your salvation. There's all kinds of Baptists. But all he knows is that it's Baptist. 
You say, well, I wouldn't take uh, money from a, 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 a church that uh, uh, didn't believe like we did. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Use your head now. They're going suppo- <laughs> to support missions. Would you rather send them send one of their missionaries out or one of yours? Yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah. So I have a very high standard. The money has to be green. Amen. <laughs> All right. So they need meetings and they need liberty from their job to go to these meetings. I mean, I mean, we're in Ardmore, Alabama. All right. How many churches or how many meetings can you get around here that are within one day of travel? Because if you just do it on Sunday and then you have to travel back, particularly at night, if it's a long way, and then you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work, it gets really difficult. So you can do that. You can do the local meetings quick. I mean, it's easy, right? You can get one in the morning, one in the afternoon. You can get one on Wednesday night or Thursday night or whatever they're they're meeting. But it's not going to be long till all those contacts are gone. Now you've got to go out farther. All right. And you can do that. I've, you know, gotten home and changed clothes and gone to work. Uh, and, but it's hard. I mean, I was a lot younger then, by the way. Uh, but there's going to be a time where you can't get back and go to work. And this is the hard part. This is where your faith comes in. Now, if you've got a good boss, you're working for Daniel. He doesn't care. He'll let you go anywhere you want to go. <laughs> but uh, normally, bosses have a little bit different idea about that stuff because they have to produce, they have production quotas and all that and man hours and all that kind of junk. So it's difficult. You're going to get to a place where you have more money going out than you've got coming in, but you're going to have to take that step of faith and separate yourself from that work. That's hard. All right, that's, that's, it's really hard. So you still have the expenses of home, but now you've got the expenses of travel. Y'all put me in a nice motel, and I appreciate it. Sent me to the Elkins house for lunch. That was wonderful. But every church is not like that. I mean, I've slept in my car in a, in a, in a, in a, a rest area. Because it's, the expenses were too much. So when that missionary starts, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, but I'm telling you these missionaries go through these things. And, and if you're wanting to pray for them, you need to pray uh, with wisdom and, and know exactly, uh, or pray with knowledge, rather. You have to know exactly what they're going through. And most church members, the only thing you know about a missionary is he'll come in here, and a lot of times he won't even preach. He'll just show his slides Give his little presentation. He'll just show you the slick part of it. And that's all you know. Yeah. You don't know that he just drove 500 miles to get here. And he has thoroughly threatened his children. You better behave in this church. <laughs> Amen. I know what I'm talking about, Brother Gibson. <laughs> Amen. So when they come in, by the way, give them a little grace, would you? Just, I mean, their clothes might be a little wrinkled and... They've got McDonald's wrappers all over their car, but it, there's a reason for that. All right. So when that missionary starts 
his deputation, he has to have a good uh, uh, slide, pres- not slide presentation, my goodness, I'm a dinosaur here, uh, a DVD presentation. And for some of you, that's nothing. You, you could do that in your sleep. But for some of us who didn't grow up in that kind of environment, man, that is a major obstacle. Okay, so, but he has to have it. It ought to be six to 12 minutes. All right. It, it ought to start good. You got to, you, you're going somewhere. This is what you're going to do. This is what your plans are. This is your family. This is what support you need. Thank you very much. I'm gone in six minutes because that's about all that your attention span will hold if it's not the Super Bowl. Yeah. Amen. So he has to have that, that presentation and he has to have some messages to preach. Uh, that takes a lot of study. Uh, if he'll go to uh, ten churches, and maybe two will take him on when he starts. That gets a little discouraging because you have in your mind every place I go. I mean, after all, hey, God's called me. <laughs> and, but you get there, and they're not as excited about missions as you are. Yeah. They've let you in because they have one missionary a month or whatever they have in. Uh, but they're not all that excited about it. So when you start, don't get discouraged on two out of ten. All right? But after you've been on deputation, uh, you've got half your support coming in, you ought to be getting eight out of ten, maybe nine out of ten. Because now you've got it down. Now you know exactly what you're doing. Now you have the confidence. When you start, you don't have that confidence to present the ministry. Uh, I'm not trying to run a candidate school here, but I'm trying to tell you that these are things you need to pray, pray for. Things that you don't think about uh, as you're uh, looking at these missionaries and following their, their programs. All right, that missionary has to line up a sponsor to get a visa. All right, if he's going to Papua New Guinea, somebody has to sponsor him in that work structure. Uh, New Guinea is not so hard, uh, but if you're going to Indonesia, it's a whole lot tougher. All right, so you need to pray for these missionaries that they can get that uh, visa and uh, Get all that lined out, all right? He'd probably go, missionary on deputation, probably go to 300 churches before he gets his support. That'll give you some idea. He's going to wear out a car. Uh, it's going to wear out his family. It, it's a hard road, but it's a needful thing. And in doing all that, he needs to be in good standing with his church, I one time was one of the directors of a mission board, and I sent out letters to all the supporting uh, missionaries, pastors, and said, uh, the letter is really simple. I said, is is this missionary, uh, deputation missionary, still in agreement with your church doctrine? And is his family faithful while he's gone out on deputation? Are they faithful to the services of the church? Man, I got a lot of criticism from pastors. I mean, it's just a yes or no thing. There was no, uh, you didn't have to give me a doctrinal dissertation on it. But they said, man, I don't have time to do this. You know, they'll send me a four-page questionnaire, but they don't have time to check two boxes. (laughs) Anyway, you pray for your deputation missionaries. Then they get this support, and they get the visa, and they get the transportation money. I mean, if you're going to get on a plane today and you've got two or three kids, it's an expensive proposition to fly anywhere. They used to be, if you had a baby in arms, it was half price or no price. Now it's full price. So they need that. They need prayer so they can get the proper support they need so they can do the job. 
We don't want to send them over there and, and just say, well, I got enough money to pass out tracts. There's more to it than passing out tracts and preaching on the street corner. You're there to win souls to Jesus Christ. You're there to establish that uh, local church, train national leadership, get that church steady and move on. And then when you move on, you've got to start all over again. And man, sometimes that is a bear. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Let's talk about veteran mission. Oh, let me, let me throw this in. If you're going to go work with somebody, you need to have a memorandum of understanding, an agreement between yourself and that missionary who's sponsoring you into his ministry. You need to know exactly what you, your authority you have and what authority you don't have. Uh, what you can uh, depend on, for instance, if there's three or four missionaries living there together, uh, somebody's got a car, who's paying for the car? Does everybody use the car? Am I free to use the car? What if it breaks? Who pays for that? You say, those old nitpicky things, we all come out of the same church. It don't matter, friend. You're different. All right? If you've got children, you raise your children. Everybody's got their own standards in their own house. Your son can eat M&M's before supper. Mine can't. Okay? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, it, it just saves you a multitude of problems to have this understanding between you and, and that veteran missionary of what he expects of you, what you expect of him, and what you can do and what you can't do. All right, I made half of you mad already. See, we just got here. All right, you have to have that, uh, we'll call it MOA, Memorandum of Understanding. Uh, He has a a veteran missionary there, and you are under the authority of that veteran missionary. Say, I don't want to be under his authority. Go somewhere else. Simple as that. Let me say this. If you have a national pastor, he has the authority in that local church. He has just as much authority in his church as Brent Logan does in this church. Y'all with me so far? All right. And a new missionary, when you are doing anything in his church, you ask him permission. All right. So you have the the authority. Um, You've got uh, language acquisition. And that's always hard. That's always hard. it's, It's easy to... Be around the English speakers and not want to take the time, put in the time, and deal with that language acquisition. But you have to do it. All right? Uh, You can't really know their culture until you know their language. You can't really understand. uh, You can't minister to them. Because you don't know how they think. You don't know what the customs are. You don't know how to speak their language. It's just like preaching in jail. They'll come to your church. You can preach at them. You're not ministering to them. Look, I can stand up here and preach. I'm just preaching or teaching. All right. But Brother Brent, when he comes back, he has to minister to you. That's why you come here. For This is a ministry. When you have problems, he'll pray for you. When you need counseling, he will counsel you. That's ministry. But if he doesn't know how you live and how you think and how you come to a certain conclusion in your thinking process... He can't minister to you. All right? It's kind of like uh, counseling a Yankee. Hey, man, you don't have any idea what they're, what they're talking about. Got gotcha, you, Brother Bill. 
language acquisition, and then you have cultural adaptation. You have to learn why they do what they do and everything they do. It's, it may be different, but it's not necessarily wrong. All right. if, if it's against the scriptures, as they say in New Guinea, you got talk. <laughs> but, if, but if it's not against the scriptures, then it's none of your business. All right. Amen. We're having so much fun today. Uh, and then there's that cultural adaptation for you. You have to fit in. You can't make them Americans. You have to fit into their culture. They, you can't mold them to, to make them fit in yours. It, now listen, if you do, if you insist that they all speak English and wear neckties, that's going to fly as long as you're there and you're the authority. And you keep the American dollars flowing. But when you pull out that artificial support, them neckties are coming off. You know, they're going to start at whatever o'clock they decide to get there. Yeah, amen. So don't make an Ameri- don't build an American church. You have to build a, a, a church for the, suited to the country that you're in. Now, it has certain biblical structures. I get all that. But I'm telling you, everybody doesn't run their church service just like you do here. So you better have a little flexibility. And in most places, you better learn to throw your watch away because it doesn't mean a thing. It's kind of like me preaching. You know, I showed you my watch this morning. It didn't mean nothing. Didn't pay any attention to it. So you have to adapt to their cultures. You have to be teachable. A new missionary has to be teachable. If you think you know everything, stay home. Because you're going to have to learn some things. You're going to have to unlearn some things that you've been taught. It doesn't always go by the Hiles Church Manual. It just doesn't work that way. So you're going to have to unlearn some things and allow this veteran missionary. Listen, he has already fought all those battles. You say, well, listen, this is what we did at Sweet Springs. Brother, I've, I've been to court over that three times. I fought that battle ten years ago. Let's not go there again. All right? So he's, he's fought the battles. He's paid the price. And you have to be teachable and allow him to teach you. how This is the way we do it here. Doesn't matter if you like it. What you need to do is learn it. Amen. Oh, me. All right. And then, you know, first-time missionaries, we're putting out prayer letters. And you have expectations for your missionaries. You want them to produce. You don't want them just sitting. Uh, So that expectation is you're going to go over there and you're going to win the world the first term. Uh, That's a little difficult. That's pressure on that missionary. He thinks he has to produce All right. Number one, we can go and we can tell, but we can't save anybody. It doesn't work that way. The spirit of God has to work in that individual. We can produce artificial uh, uh, results. Uh, You come to my church this Sunday and, uh, you know, we're living in the jungles of New Guinea and I got auction clothes here. Y'all just get all everything you want. And then we're going to have a meal afterwards. I would have a full house the first Sunday. Amen. And if I said, you want a Bible, pray this prayer, they'd all pray. Doesn't mean nothing. It's just artificial. All right. So that missionary, you want him to produce. All right. I used this young man this morning. Will you help me again, please? This, this guy is the new missionary. 
And so he's getting your support. You've sent him out. So he feels the pressure from Sweet Springs to prove himself to you. Okay? Now, you look awful young, but he's got three children and a wife. (laughs) And he's drugged them halfway around the world. So there's some more pressure on him. Because he's done this. He said, God has called me. Let's go. And they said, okay, Dad. Uh, We have faith in God. We have faith in you. Let's go. But then they get there and it's not all roses. So he has pressure on him to protect his family, to meet the needs for the family, uh, the transportation, the safety, and all these things. This is it. Now, who called him to the mission field? God. In his heart and mind, he feels like he needs to prove himself to God. So he thinks if I work harder or I work more or I work longer hours, then God will be pleased with me. And that way I can relieve some of this pressure. Y'all with me? Thank you, sir. So you've got all this pressure on you as a first term missionary. And then you've got to put out that prayer letter and you're trying not to sound prideful. Uh, but on the other hand, you want them to know that I'm just not sitting over here doing nothing. Uh, I'm learning uh, the, the, uh, a third language from a second language, and it's not always that easy. I'm trying to help you tonight to understand what these missionaries go through. So he's trying to do that. He's trying to win souls. And he, in doing all this, he's got to deal with uh, landowners and try to get land, deal with the government, uh, trying to get the, uh, land approved or projects approved. He's trying to... Uh, get uh, uh, what was it, Elcom <laughs> to get some power run to his piece of land where he's at. Americans kill me. I was at a church one time and they said, uh, they were complaining, they said, the power, my power's been off for 30 minutes today. <laughs> I said, man, mine was off for 26 years. <laughs> get over it. <laughs> Amen. So that missionary has, this first term missionary has all these things on him. Uh, he needs open doors where he can get into a village or get into a place to, to preach. He needs open doors for uh, a land or a building that he can start a church. Uh, he needs to have patience. This veteran missionary needs to have patience. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I've got ahead of myself. The uh, first term missionary has to do all these things and then he has to have a time where he goes on leave. And he comes home on his leave and he is absolutely wore to a frazzle physically and spiritually and he's got 150 churches to go to. Amen. Y'all get that in a minute? That that road will wear you out. All right, then you got the veteran missionaries. What time is it here? My watch quit. I got 10 minutes here. All right. Veteran missionaries. These are the guys that have been there and they've got the work structure. They're sponsoring you in and you pray for them because they have to put up with new missionaries. (laughs) Amen. That veteran missionary has been there. He's come home on his furlough. He's gone back and now he's used to everything. But what happens after a few years, it's kind of like being in America. If you're a pastor and you're, you're the pastor of a new church, first time there, the, they send you to Birmingham. 
You've really got a burden for those people of Birmingham. But you've been there three or four years, and you've gotten a lot of static from those people in Birmingham. You're not seeing much fruit from those people in Birmingham. So when you see them, you're seeing them with the same eyes, but your heart's not quite as burdened as it used to be. It's not that it's less dark, it's just you're getting used to the dark. And so that missionary, the people say, uh, what, what's your, uh, what, what do you need us to pray about? I said, you just pray that God would continue to break my heart for the people of PNG. Because you first get there and you see people with leaves over their backside and a cloth covering their front and uh, painted up and all that stuff. You've got a real burden. But when that becomes commonplace... That burden seems to slide. And if you're having a problem with people, if there's a lot of opposition, that veteran missionary has to be careful that his attitude towards them doesn't change. It'd be like you if you had a a neighbor. He's got uh, 10 coon dogs and every night they're barking till midnight. And you go over politely because you want to preserve your Christian testimony. And he said, those are my coon dogs. Get out of here, you idiot. What's the matter with you? Now, the first time, that would shock you. But when he does that about the 20th time over so many years, you're going to say, well, what's the use? Why should I even go? I'm just going to get that same answer. Well, on the mission field, we need to be careful that we don't get used to the dark. Where it becomes commonplace and it's not unusual. Because what happens is you lose your burden for those people. And that veteran missionary has to continually have his heart broken by God uh, for these people that he's dealing with. Uh, He needs souls. He needs students to teach. This whole thing is about winning people to Christ. And 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2. You teach, teach. The things that Paul told him is the things you've learned to be among many witnesses, the same commit out of faithful men who, who shall be able to what? Teach others also. It has to continue. It has to go on. The ministry, you want the ministry to go on. It's not built upon you. It's built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So you give them the biblical background to continue the work after you're gone. It's easy not to do that. Uh, Listen, the devil fights that Bible institute or Bible school worse than anything. He can put up with one noisy missionary, but he doesn't want 20 students going out in different directions preaching Jesus Christ. So he will make it so easy for you. So many things will come up. Well, man, I'm telling you, uh, I got Bible school today and my water tank's broke. Uh, Do I fix my water tank for my family or do I do Bible school and to fix the water tank it's a two hour trip into town and then you got two hours back and then you got to fix the water tank. Y'all with me tonight? And as you're just busy, 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 busy and you keep putting off that which you have the authority and the ability to put off but it's so difficult to catch that back up again. All right, so you need to pray for those veteran missionaries as they run these Bible schools and and, and get that done. So you, we, we've got deputation missionaries, first-term missionaries. We've got veteran missionaries. And then you've got the old dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm guilty. Amen. Uh, 
when, uh, when I was on deputation 40 years ago, the mantra from the pastors was, Social Security is going to crash. You can sign off Social Security and you don't need it anymore. All right, that's out of one side. Out of the other side was, missionary, this is a faith ministry. And if you've got any faith, you'll go with 75% of your support. Does that sound real spiritual? Yeah, well, that was wonderful 40 years ago. But now we're on the other end of the stick. And they say, well, why didn't you raise your retirement while you were doing deputation? Because you were telling me to go under supported. So you pray for these old, us old dinosaurs. We're going to die out soon and this whole problem will, will go away. But what we're doing right now, we're getting blamed for being uh, the mission program in the local churches top heavy. And I'm supporting my Christian school through my missions program. I'm paying my teachers. I'm paying the Sunday school bus driver. Amen. And the youth need to go to the ball game. So that's missions. Send them on. All right. Missions has become in a lot of churches. It has become the social security program of the church. If you need money, borrow it from there. Now, listen now. You can't drop the support of that Christian school teacher. You can't drop support of that Sunday school bus driver. All right. You want them youth to come to your youth program. All right. So how do you how do you trim the fat here? Well, you start with your old missionaries. We are what they call expendable. We're too old or too sick to get a job. We're too old and we don't have the wherewithal to go to churches and ask for their support. Then what do you do? <laughs> you just stuck. Amen. So anyway, I, I, listen, I don't say all that to help you or to let you feel sorry for me because you can see I've not missed too many meals. But I'm telling you, the old fellows, and I'm not the other, there's hundreds of them across the country. And you need to pray for them because we have told them, go, brother, we're for you. We're with you, man. Go fight the good fight. When you come home, we'll take care of you. But we hope you never come home. Let's, so pray for us. Amen. We need meetings like this one. All right. And we have health problems. We have support problems. We have meeting problems. Uh, and so we are the third one. And I've got a couple of more minutes. So I'll get the last one is widows. Now listen to me. If you've got a lady that's been on the mission field 20 years with her family... And her husband dies, don't you dare drop her support. Amen. Amen. Don't you do that. She comes home, gets remarried, that's a different story. But don't you kick her to the street because she doesn't have a husband anymore. I'm serious, heart that you pray for those widows because they're going, man, they're going through it. They, they have the same problems that I just related to you, uh, but they don't have a husband. And it's a difficult situation. They've given their whole lives to reaching people for Jesus Christ. And they need your prayers. All right, I, I don't want to end this on a, on a sad note. You know, this is a, uh, 
basically, what the reason I did this tonight is I want you to have some understanding about what these missionaries go through. And it's not as easy as it looks. So you pray for them. And, and not just God bless the missionaries. God bless this missionary. Give him meetings. God help him. Give him favor to his employer. Uh, God bless this veteran as he goes back and he has to uh, start over again and start a new uh, ministry. God bless this missionary. He's left his child at home for the first time. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. You pray for these missionaries. 